on the Crosstalk on WIZM. I'm Mike Hayes. My guest this morning has been a contributor to this program for a long, long time. I don't want to say how many years, Phil. That just makes you older. Phil Kirpin, uh, <laughs> with commitment to seniors dedicated to informing uh, those of us who are a little older of the real-life impacts of a policy proposal coming from Washington on freezing medical costs. Uh, uh, Phil, what's wrong with that? Why uh, I, I have heard a number of politicians talking about no raising medical uh, uh, costs. Why is that a bad thing? Well, they're all saying it. Uh, all the politicians of both parties are now saying we need to have government set prices uh, for medicines especially and uh, lower them. And it's very, very politically popular because nobody wants to pay high prices at the pharmacy. And, uh, you know, one of the problems uh, with the way our current drug market is structured is a lot of the prices do get pushed down to seniors. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of people making money, a lot of middlemen making money, and uh, we've got a, a very dysfunctional marketplace in a lot of ways. Uh, but instead of fixing that dysfunction, it's much simpler uh, as a political matter to just say we're going we're gonna to have government set the price, and it's going to be a low price, and vote for me. And you've now got uh, both presidential candidates with versions of that. You've got uh, Nancy Pelosi with probably the craziest version. I don't know. If you know about her bill, it was basically uh, the government will quote-unquote negotiate with the manufacturer factors, and this is how the negotiation works. The government decides what the price is, and if you don't like the government's price, you get taxed 95% of your gross sales of that product for the past year. Not your profits, your gross sales. So in other words, you take their price, period. You know, right. It's not really a negotiation at all. Uh, Trump's version is a little bit more sophisticated. His version is basically Whatever price is the lowest price you sell that drug for uh, internationally, now that becomes the U.S. price. Well, the problem with that, of course, is you know a lot of these foreign countries have price controls where they have government setting the price, and these manufacturers have decided, well, I you know even though it's a low, you know I can't make my R&D back on that government set price. I can make a little bit of money, so I'll take it because I can make my R&D back in the U.S. or other countries without severe price controls. And so it's, it's uh, accretive. It's, they make a little bit of extra money, but they couldn't run their business at that price. And so if the U.S. pegs our price to you know, government price controls from abroad, uh, you have basically the same problem as all these other price controls. You undermine the incentive for research and development and for new cures to be developed and so forth. And so it's a very dangerous issue right now, uh, Mike, because when both parties agree on a bad idea, you usually get some version of that bad idea. Right. And it's just a question of, you know, how, which, which version, how severe it's going to be and so forth. And the idea that I like so much better than all these price control ideas is uh, a different one of Trump's proposals, which I think is so smart, which is uh, his proposal to require that the pharmaceutical middlemen pass their rebates and discounts on to seniors at the point of sale. Because right now we've got this situation where the pharmacy benefit managers who in theory represent the pharmacies and the buy side and should be pushing for lower prices instead they've designed their business model to where they get a percentage of the price and they can get a big rebate they have an anti-kickback exemption an exemption from the federal anti-kickback statute and so uh, they actually make the most money by telling the manufacturer raise prices charge us more we want the highest price you can charge because we're going to take a percentage off that but then give us a rebate 
and we don't have to pass the rebate on to seniors at the point of sale. We can pocket it as profit. And so the Trump idea I really like is the one that says, look, we're going to end that exemption from the federal anti-kickback statute and say that in Medicare Part D plans, any discount or rebate uh, to the pharmacies has to be passed on to seniors at the point of sale. And I think if we did that, we would see a big drop in the prices that seniors are paying without undercutting any incentive for R&D because the manufacturer would still be uh, getting you know, the same amount of money. Right. Uh, and so there are ways to fix this market without price controls, uh, but I'm very concerned about the way this is going on all the price controls because, you know, let's say Joe Biden wins or something, you know, Democrats win, they could say, hey, we're just doing a Trump proposal. This is bipartisan. Or, you know, the other way around, you know, Trump in his second term could say, you know, I'm just taking a Democrat proposal and it's bipartisan. And uh, that's when really bad ideas happen in Washington, when both parties agree. What is the chance or chances, what are the chances that that the middle proposal of cutting profits of the middleman might get any kind of solid ground? I suppose how big is the uh, middleman lobby in D.C. that will keep them making big money? Well, it's it's big, and it has a uh, – it, it, the last time Trump put this forward, they got a huge assist – from AARP, who you might think, oh, no, they're supposed to represent seniors. They must want lower prices at the register. But no, because AARP makes more money from their licensing deal with United Health than they make in dues from seniors. And so they function as sort of a lobbying and marketing auxiliary of United Health. And United Health has a very large pharmacy benefit manager division called OptumRx. And so, you know, United Health was totally against rebate reform. And so AARP was totally against rebate reform, and they were able to sort of uh, scare off support for it. And so, unfortunately, it's a, the cha- one of the challenges we have with a lot of these healthcare debates is that uh, there are powerful interests aligned against it, including especially AARP, which pretends to represent seniors, but really tends to represent United Health and its uh, business interests. Well, then it can't surprise you that seniors that are out there caught in the middle will just grab at whatever a dirty, miserable, horrible straw they can grab because anything that will lower my price of my medication, even though it's a bad idea, is better than what's going on right now. Yeah, I don't blame them, and that's why it's been, you know, the most logical thing for politicians on both sides to do is just say we're gonna we're gonna lower the price because you know that people do want and people deserve by the high lower prices, and that's you know I understand that impulse absolutely, but uh, the problem when government has price controls and you you always see it uh, price controls cause shortages, and with some things like you know with when we were had price controls on gasoline, you saw the waiting line and then the the station was out and you couldn't get any that day, so the shortages are very obvious and people know it's a problem. With medicines, the shortages are much less obvious because it becomes a shortage of new cures, of new research and development, of the next great thing, because you can't spend billions of dollars developing a drug if government's going to set the price. You can never make that money back. And so the real danger here, if we go down this path, is people won't know what we are missing out on. They won't know what drugs would have been developed and brought to market had we not adopted those price controls. And that could have a significant negative impact on quality of life, on longevity, on, on you know, actually being able to get new cures and treatments for cancer and Alzheimer's and all these things. So it's really critical that we fix pharmaceutical pricing and, and lower prices, but do it in a way that keeps those R&D incentives strong, that doesn't undercut and cause shortages the way price controls can. And so I sympathize and I understand why people are just saying, price, I don't care, which is why politicians are doing the things they're doing. But it's really important 
to do this the right way and not the wrong way, or we're going to miss out on a lot of medical innovation, and we're going to be a lot worse off for it. Phil Kirpin, Commitment to Seniors. Thank you very much for talking with me this morning. I appreciate that. And ladies and gentlemen, those of you who would like to read some more, commitmenttoseniors.org. Look for that website, do some more reading, and understand why this is such a complicated issue.